You're listening to The Weird Sisters, Harry Potter Reread, Episode 26. On today's show, we discuss Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Chapters 19, 20, and 21, and The Cursed Child, Act 3. Hello and welcome to The Weird Sisters. I'm Danielle. And I'm Allison. And we are into the first task. Yes, we are. I know, and Harry is a little bit nervous about this. <laughs> Rereading it, I kind of felt like they were really trying to make it seem extra scary. Yes, that's, I kind of feel the same, but my maybe take on it was from a slightly different angle. Okay. In that I kind I, I I appreciated his anxiety because he's always doing stupid crap. And I was like, at least you realize that this is, like, terrifying. Yes, I I get that. And that's that's a good thing. But I don't know. Maybe it's just because, like, we know that he lives. (laughs) And so they're trying to make it seem, you know, the danger that historically has been the tournament. Sure. Well, I mean, knowing the end, he is in grave danger. But... (laughs) (laughs) well to be fair that was not from the tournament well no i guess not technically um but poor you know harry is still hated by everyone and rita skeeter's article comes out which does not help no it you know he's crying about his parents and hermione's in love with him all sorts of fun stuff yeah ew (laughs) Well, okay. Though that's her... At first I was annoyed because Colin Creevy said something. But it's really still her putting her elaborate spin on it. Yes. Do you think... I mean, here's a question. Do you think Rita Skeeter was invented by JK after her experience with being famous? Um... I'm gonna say no just because i mean she serves like she serves a function in the plot so yeah i don't see how she's completely made up well i'm not saying she's not a good idea but you don't <laughs> think that she enjoyed writing and mocking someone like rita skeeter maybe and turning her into a beetle I don't, I don't really know her her history with the press but well, I think she's pretty well liked. Oh, sure. Like, as far as celebrities go, I'm sure she gets a lot more nice things than most of them. But at the same time, you can't be that famous and have everything be all rosy. I guess. That's but. fine. Well, anyway. Um, But one person who is not apparently put off by Harry crying in his bedroom every night, is Cho. (laughs) Yes, she speaks for the first time. Oh, is that the first time she speaks? Uh, Maybe she said one thing a long time ago about Quidditch. I'm not sure. But we haven't, like, we've just been admiring from afar in this book. She hasn't spoken yet. Yeah, you know, I wish that they... Well, okay, on the one hand, the way it turns out, we know that Cho is just like, it's an infatuation. She's a fine, nice girl. And this is a a first yes. 
attempt at relationships. Yes. And in many ways, completely realistic. But there is a little part of me that would be it's like, it would be nice if like she had more personality and we had a reason that we understood why Harry liked her. <laughs> yes. I mean, she is pretty and nice. That's what we know about her. And she's good at Quidditch, too, but that doesn't really seem to factor into his admiration all that much. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, they're just totally playing the, like, new awkward part of it. Yeah. But there's another almost romance brewing, (laughs) although Hermione doesn't know it. Yes, because they're hanging out in the library, and Hermione is very annoyed because Crumb always seems to be here, there, but then he attracts this gaggle of, like, giggling girls. <laughs> and she is not impressed. She's very annoyed. She doesn't even think he's that attractive. <laughs> yes. So, I guess she's annoyed because he's just good at Quidditch, not even hot. Would it be better if he was hot and they were giggling over her? Him? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think so. I think that's the point. Okay. She doesn't... She, the infatuation is silly and... Can't they do that somewhere else? Yes. Well, no, because he's stalking Hermione. I think I enjoy it more knowing that part. Yes. I wish we, like, I wonder where Crumb first notices Hermione. Don't we learn that somewhere? I don't know. I don't remember. I hope we do. Okay. I'll have to see. But yes, I mean, we also have to remember that Harry and Hermione are just kind of palling around because Ron is still being a jerk. Yes. And there is an earlier scene, I think, where we also talk about Crumb in the library, where Ron is also debating going to ask his autograph. And then he decides it's it's a bad idea when he realizes all the other girls are debating the same thing. Yeah, they turned him off a little bit. Though, and I don't remember where, but like, you know, Harry's like thankful for Hermione and that she continues to be his friend but he's like it's just not as much fun (laughs) (laughs) you know you spend more time in the library you laugh a lot less it's just not the same i bet his grades have improved though (laughs) well yes and and he doesn't have any anyone else or any other things to distract him besides that's right you know impending doom (laughs) yeah Homework, impending doom. It's enough to keep you occupied. <laughs> yeah. But then they get to go to Hog- Hogsmeade. Yes. Though so, the first first time Harry gets to go legally, right? Uh, yeah. Except he doesn't really enjoy that. Because no. he's like... He takes the cloak. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to bother with all those people. Yeah. He takes the cloak to hide from everyone, but... Moody sees through it, which is creepy. <laughs> yes, and they had a sort of strange encounter. I guess not really. It's really Hagrid. Hagrid's also with Moody. Yeah. Yes, and that's a weird combo. Hagrid and Moody? Yeah. Why? I don't know. What do they have in common? What do Hagrid and fake Moody have in common? <laughs> Affections for weird things? I don't know that Moody has much of an affection for anything. Oh, yes, he does. He's all into weird stuff. You mean the dark <laughs> arts? <laughs> yeah, like that. Okay. You gotta have an interest. <laughs> you know, teach their own. Yeah. Hag- so Haggard 
gives him a mysterious invitation to show up at his cabin like late at night the same night that he's supposed to be meeting Sirius yes but he goes and basically (laughs) is awkwardly on Hagrid's date with Madame Maxine yes (laughs) I know because like okay Hagrid you couldn't just tell him the dragons you had to invite him on your date you know because Hagrid loves them he wants everyone to admire them so Hagrid couldn't just tell Harry yo Harry I've seen some dragons that's probably in the task he's like no why don't you follow me in an invisibility cloak while I try and make out with this lady (laughs) but it's Hagrid and he loves any kind of creature and so he thinks it's worthwhile. You have to see it in person because aren't they lovely? That, okay, that's a good point. The point isn't so much that Harry needs to know. It's that don't you <laughs> want to see these cool dragons? And oh, by the way, you have to get past them. Yes. And Charlie, of course, is there because he's the only other person we know that knows anything about dragons. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so they're going to have to get by them and they wanted nesting mothers. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, a little frightening, but we run off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and then he runs, well, he's escaping. He runs into Kargaroff. Oh, yeah. So he assumes then Kargaroff is going to see, is perhaps even following the two giants <laughs> who are escaping into the middle of the night. Yes. And so correctly concludes that... Everyone is going to know about the dragons, except Cedric. Yes. Bummer. Good guy, Harry. Yeah. Bummer for Cedric, yeah. This whole book is a bit of a bummer for Cedric. (laughs) (laughs) So after escaping Kargaroff, we run back for a meeting with Sirius. So Harry runs from one meeting to another, and, and he returns to an empty common room where Sirius's head appears. Yes. Thankfully, we've seen that before. <laughs> yes. And, like, I think the book even says, well, if I hadn't seen that yeah. before earlier in this book, I would have been very alarmed. Yeah, patting itself on the back there. Yeah. <laughs> Look at my foreshadowing. Um, and Sirius says that, well, first of all, he tells us that Karkaroff was a Death Eater. Yeah. And that Moody put him in Azkaban. Yes. Sirius is very... In some ways, he's got it all figured out. Like, he's suspicious of all these things. Like, if the Moody attacked, he knows that Bertha has gone missing and that she would have known about the tournament, and she's easily manipulated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that it doesn't seem right that Harry's in the tournament. So he's, like, kind of got it pegged, except he thinks that Moody is there to watch after Karkaroff, which maybe the original plan is that's true, if that was the real Moody. Right. Yeah. Um, but then, so he puts a suspicion on Karkaroff, but we, we all know that's real. Yeah. And we did, we, I forgot this yes. detail, and we talked yeah. a little bit about Moody and Karkaroff's encounter last mm-hmm. time. And we pegged it more on, like, oh, he hates all the Death Eaters that, like, are living their life now. But I guess he's just being a good actor, right? Because he knows that Moody put him in Azkaban. Right. Though, which I I think is primarily the case. But then we also learn that 
Karkaroff gets out of Azkaban because he names names. So I don't think Ah, yeah. That the Barty is too pleased about that either. <laughs> so fake Moody hates him and Barty Jr. hates him. Plenty of reasons. Okay. And so then so Sirius is dropping all this grim knowledge, and he's about finally about to say something helpful, like, oh, I know how to defeat a dragon with an easy spell. Yeah, that's no oh, problem. Oh, wait. No problem, Harry. I got you covered. And then he's interrupted by Ron, and we don't get any hot dragon tips. <laughs> no, and we're rather upset. I mean, it was nice, because you get this moment of, like, Ron cares. It's like, you weren't up in bed. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to care about that. <laughs> <laughs> And then they're just angry. Yeah. Uh, well, I it's a pretty good moment, I think, where, like, Harry throws the Potter Stinks badge at him and says, there, you might even have a scar. Isn't that what you want? Yeah. I also like that he hates his ankles. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that... Everything is just annoying him. I, I mean, I've totally felt that way, where you're just like, oh, all these... <laughs> Like, there are real reasons, but then all those little things are really obnoxious. Like, your hair is so stupid. Also, I hate everything you do. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because that's the mature way to handle your problems. Yeah, well, that's the Harry and Ron way to handle your problems. But I think we get told, but I don't remember, what was Sirius going to say to use for a dragon? Oh, was I don't know. I I have a vague memory that this does come out, but I can't remember. But what it's it is. not use your broomstick. I don't think so. That would have been no. I don't think so. Okay. Uh okay. But then the first task is like now. <laughs> so <laughs> I my timeline was all messed up because in my head. Like, he finds out about the dragons, which I guess doesn't make sense because you wouldn't keep dragons out of school for very long. <laughs> but, like, then he spends a really long time, like, learning summoning s- spells. But no, he's it's like one night where he has this realization and has to learn it. And then the task yeah. is on a Monday or something strange. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too, actually. Um, but first he does, he runs into Cedric and does tell him about the dragons. Yes, but did this is one of those, like, noble Harry moments where we all feel good about it. Yes. This is why we tolerate Harry being really stupid. <laughs> Pretty much. Though, I like... Cedric, I think, was a little like, why are you telling me this? And Harry's reaction was kind of like... Like, it, he didn't question. Like, of course he had to tell him. One, everyone else knows, so it's only fair. And two, like holy crap, I have seen these things. I'm like, you just need to know. <laughs> yes. You need to know not just because it's fair, but because you might yeah. die. Yeah. And it will come back to help him in the second task. Yes, of course. Um, Though, as Harry is telling him this, like, Moody appears. <laughs> and he's, oh, that's yes. right. So he's worried because he thinks he's going to get in trouble. But quite the contrary, because Moody enlightens us that cheating is part of the grand tradition of the tournament. Yes. So he knows that Harry knows, and he knows that he told Cedric. However, Moody is annoyed that Harry doesn't know what to do. 
Yes. And Barty is also annoyed that he told Cedric. Oh, yeah, because he needs Harry to come out on top. Because he needs to win, yeah. Though, this is, like, we go to Moody's office, and, again, his interest in the dark eyes. <laughs> so here's his interest. He has all these objects and whatnot. And I was trying to recall yeah. if any of these had significance. So he said, like, there's a sneakoscope, but he said he turned it off. He's like, because with all the students' line, it goes off all the time. <laughs> I like but that. I'm like, no, no, I'm pretty sure that's about you. <laughs> you being a big old liar. Uh-huh. But then he also has the faux glass. And he says, you're not in trouble until you see the whites of their eyes. And then you open the trunk. Yeah, what does that mean precisely? I don't know. <laughs> that's my question. Because the real mood, because it's a trunk with seven mm-hmm. locks, and I think that means that it's like basically seven trunks, if I remember correctly. Like each lock is a different. Yeah. There's like a different set of stuff yeah. in it, and in one of those, the real Moody is yes. in there. Presumably, he's alluding to the real Moody in the That's trunk. That's kind of what I thought. But I don't quite understand it fully. I don't either. And doesn't is the faux glass what we? get later on where he talks to Sirius where he talks to Sirius after he's dead in the faux glass is that what happens he has a mirror where he talks to him what (laughs) yes after Sirius dies yes Harry has this mirror and he can kind of see and talk to Sirius you mean that broken bit of mirror where he sees the blue eye? Maybe. Because that blue eye is Al- Albus Dumbledore's brother. He thinks it's serious, I think. But it shows when you're in trouble, like there are shadowy shapes. So then if he's saying if you can actually see them. Okay. I guess so. It's a warning system. Okay, so we see. So say, okay, I see the whites of your yeah. eyes. Does that mean that like his polyjuice potion is wearing off, and he needs to like literally just open the trunk and get some more hair, or, or, what does that mean? No, I don't. I mean, it's more like danger is out there and it's coming for you. I don't. But I. But how is it? Moody in a trunk gonna yeah, save you. That's what I'm. Maybe you just offer him up. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's not even supposed to make that much sense. It's just supposed to be an illusion that we look back on and say, "Oh yeah, he had Moody in the trunk." <laughs> it's just... yeah, unclear. Yes. Um. Or maybe it's very clear and okay. we're just dumb. Who knows? <laughs> Always possible. <laughs> Yes, uh, but Moody clearly thinks Harry is an idiot. Yes, so we're supposed to play to our strengths and get what you need. With a simple mm-hmm. spell. Okay, so he figures out the broom thing, and then after a while it dawns on him, oh yeah, I need to be able to summon it, and oh yeah, I can't <laughs> do that. Darn, all those summoning charms I've been failing? Yeah. Yeah. 
So what do you do in that situation but run to the brightest witch of her age and demand that she teach there you? There was some great transition in there, too. Like, the way it was set up, I'm not going to remember now at all. But it's like, who do you need? And then the next chapter is Hermione, but it's really Harry saying her name. Oh. But it was like a, I don't know. It was a good transition. You'll have mm-hmm. to read it. <laughs> I did read it. <laughs> um, so they practice, 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 and of course he eventually gets it, because otherwise we wouldn't have much of a story if he didn't eventually learn it. Yes. And so then, it's time for the first task. Hooray! And of course he goes last to be dramatic. Yeah, and they pick out their little dragons from the bag. No one is surprised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Nope. Cedric goes out, and he gets it. Yeah, he can figure, he transfigures a rock to be a dog to distract the dragon. Which I kind of feel like this is a result of his, like, learning late. Because while this technically kind of worked, it seems a little haphazard and not all that clever. I thought it was clever. (laughs) But the dragon just changed his mind at the end. Yeah, he decided a dog wasn't nearly as exciting. You gotta confuse it. Maybe if he had changed a bunch of rocks. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I like. I, I think that's magic, obviously beyond Harry. Harry cannot transfigure a rock into a dog. No, they're still on pin cushions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because a rock is nothing like a dog. There, that makes it a lot harder. Right. You gotta create internal organs and things. Make it conscious. <laughs> Do you think you have to have a, like an extreme understanding of the internal organs no. of every animal you create? No. no. I don't think they know any of that science. No, we're just like, higgledy-piggledy, I created life. <laughs> and then what happened to the dog? Did the dog become a rock again, or is there just like a lost, homeless dog <laughs> getting chased by a dragon? I Somehow I think there has to be a time limit on that. Like, after a while, it would start to deteriorate in a dog status. Deteriorate? Like, turn into an old dog before your eyes and die all tragically? Because that sounds awful. (laughs) Like, it would just go back to being a rock. In real life, that would be great. You could, like, have a pet when you wanted to cuddle, and then it was just a pillow again. But it wouldn't wouldn't love you the same. Hmm. Maybe not. (laughs) All of the struggles young witches and wizards have to encounter. (laughs) Okay, and then we have Fleur. I'm not really sure what she does. She, like, tries to hypnotize it, I think. Something similar. Yeah. Which seems like powerful magic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, here's a question. Is she using her Vila powers to hypnotize it? I was wondering that, too. But then that's kind of creepy. Yes. It is kind of creepy. You're attracting dragons. But she succeeds... And then Crumb doesn't think of flying. But to be fair, no one told him to do it. <laughs> he just shoots it in the eye. The weakest point. He, yes. Although then he gets, like, points off because the poor dragon, like, tramples stumbles about. around and crushes its eggs. Yeah, you weren't supposed to do that. It reminds yeah. me. Well, to be fair, they didn't say. <laughs> it remind, I would protest. It reminds me of the basilisk. You gotta give him in the eyes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Then it's Harry's turn. Harry summons the broom, flies around, does a wonky faint. <laughs> I don't know. If, I just wanted to say that. Everyone's impressed. Everyone's impressed, he yes. He does it the fastest. He only gets like one. Yes, he, of course he does it the mm-hmm. fastest. And with the least amount of injuries. Yes. Yes. I mean, he does, he does get a little scratch, so. Yes, a little scratch. And so when he's getting that scratch treated, we have our reunion in the tent. Which is a scene, I love the dialogue in this scene. Okay, I want to read okay. it because it's hysterical and adorable. Okay. okay, this is Ron we start off with. Harry, he said very seriously, whoever put your name in the goblet, I, I reckon they're trying to do you in. It was as though the last few weeks had never happened, as though Harry were meeting Ron for the first time right after he'd been made champion caught on have you said harry coldly took you long enough hermione stood nervously between them looking from one to the other ron opened his mouth uncertainly harry knew ron was about to apologize and suddenly he found he didn't need to hear it it's okay he said before ron could get the words out forget it (laughs) no said ron i should have forget it harry said ron grinned nervously at him and harry grinned back Hermione burst into tears. There's nothing to cry about, Harry told her, bewildered. You two are so stupid, she (laughs) shouted, stamping her foot to the ground, tears splashing down her front. Then Then before either of them could stop her, she had given both of them a hug and dashed away, now positively howling. Barking mad, said Ron, shaking his head. Oh, yes, all is right in the world. Yes, everyone's happy yes. again. You know, for a studious, serious girl, Hermione is very emotional. She cries a lot. It's true. And she has to compensate for stupid Ron and Harry. I suppose. I feel like she probably cries a lot of, out of frustration. Yes. Well, she has to deal with their nonsense. Yes. She, they are so stupid. You're correct, Hermione. <laughs> oh. So, yes, now we can be happy again. I gotta say that angst didn't last as long as I, I know. remember. It. I thought it was so long before. I know the first time you read it, you're like, "Oh no!" Because well, you don't know if and when it will be resolved. Yeah, even though you like kind of do. Obviously, they're not going to hate each okay, other forever. Fine, when. But yeah. Uh, and then, so at the very end of the chapter, they give them the eggs. Yes. Which they're going to have to work out to find out what the second task is. Which doesn't take place until February. Proving my point that this does not seem like it should take up all of their time. (laughs) Very little time is taken up. Uh, Yeah. But, you know, it has we have to drag it out because we have to get through the whole school year. Right. Can't have awkward time at the end. That is the format. Yes, that would be. And then, like, we had the whole third task, and Cedric died. And then we had a whole other term of school to do. <laughs> like, no. that wouldn't work. And then we have a repeat of an earlier scene of the Gryffindor party for Harry. Though we like it a little bit better this time. Harry's yes. enjoying himself. Ron is around. He's rather quite proud of himself for figuring it all out. And he's safe for a while. <laughs> yes. And the second task seems mm-hmm. far away. And they open that egg, and it makes an awful screaming noise. Yes. That was not helpful. 
though i did notice that neville's suggestion was that it's someone being tortured and you're gonna have to face the cruciatus curse which is so sad yes and we don't even learn what that is in reference to in this book but how there's so many hints now (laughs) yeah there are a lot of hints you gotta wonder i wonder if she if maybe the reveal was originally in this book that she's dropping so many hints yeah, i mean or is she just really plotting it she's a planner that... she she knows these things i know and like we're introduced to those curses in this book through moody so i don't see why that like that makes sense we don't necessarily need the reveal right now yeah i would love to see her notes like when she was just planning it i how did she do it on paper on the computer were there charts? Were there graphs? Maybe were there arrows? I want to see. Oh man, that seems dangerous. Well, it worked out pretty well. That's how you get really conf- that That's how you get the confused timelines. <laughs> Shouldn't write any dates Maybe. down. Oh, but at this party, a Neville has a canary cream, which I mentioned, and turns into a canary, or feathers or something i'm not quite sure if he turns into a canary or something happens but i mentioned only to say that i liked the little nod that oh fred and george are still up to things that also seems quite talented they're uh, they are very talented they just don't apply their talent to stupid (laughs) things like homework great canaries are much more fun yes and lucrative and hermione fishes around for how to go see the house elves finally it's about time she does yeah i know but after the party we have to be depressed again (laughs) because freaking rita skeeter is a care of magical creatures and this is not gonna go well no because she wants to talk to hagrid poor hagrid oh boy we just hagrid pr would not be his strong suit no I don't see why Harry didn't stop this. Yeah, he falls like, he knows what she is, but he always just like falls in front of her all the time. Well, he has his little moment after the first task of like, get lost or whatever he says to her. Yeah. But he's going to let Hagrid figure it, like enjoy the limelight, which doesn't seem wise. No. I'm sure that's probably in the next set of chapters, the fallout from mm-hmm. whatever she's going to report. Uh, but after that, Hermione drags them off to the kitchens to see the house elves. This is kind of, I, I think this is kind of fun because we get to see a new side, a new place, a new side of the school. I know the kitchens. I would love more of that, mm-hmm. right? Because they have all Food. the tables set up like it is in the great hall and then they just mm-hmm. magic them up there that's brilliant it is and they're all just tons of them there and they want to get you anything <coughs> yeah except perhaps for winky yes so dobby and winky are there <laughs> dobby's doing great but not so much winky <laughs> yeah she's dirty and sobbing and properly ashamed yes which is a source of pride but she will not be taking pay 
No. <laughs> she hasn't sunk that low. But this is like... Dobby has made it now. Because he has come to Dumbledore. He has got himself a job. He has got himself clothes. Like, and I love this part <laughs> where Dumbledore, like, offered to pay him ten galleons. But... <laughs> Like, that was too much. And weekends yes. off. Too much excitement and all of that. So he's like, I beat him down. Only one galley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, and he is, like, wandering around for, like, a good year before he finds Hogwarts. Because he hasn't been working there no. he, for long. Yeah. Because he couldn't get work. Hold up. No one wanted to pay him. not to be paid. Yeah. And every all the other house elves seem to agree. They're not impressed with Dobby's wage earning abilities. No. They They're just kinda stepping back from him and all of that. Like pretending I don't know him. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Oh. Uh, you said you like the beating him down the wages line. I love and they're talking about keeping secrets and you know he's free to talk about how the bad wizards that his old masters mm -hmm. were but that Dumbledore said that Dobby is free to call him a barmy old codger is <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the book well, it's like this kind of secret like oh like this is what he said you know and but yeah oh, horror of horrors I would never want to do that because Dumbledore has been good to him yes and Winky is appalled that he's talking poorly of his old masters. But she does say that Ludo Bagman, because he comes up, is a bad man. Yeah. Why is that again? <laughs> I'm failing here. Well, I think, I think it's just the, like, gambly stuff. Okay, that's stuff. what I was kind of thinking. Because remember towards the beginning when he like weirdly shows up in the forest and doesn't seem to know what's yeah. going on. And I think we we were also confused by that scene but speculated that he was like meeting with gambling people or the goblins or something yeah. like that. Because like he's like debt to the goblins right. too, I think. I think that's that's like his dark side or whatever. I don't think it's more nefarious than that. So to her... To the, the rule-biting crouch. Like, that's that's the evil, but really, his son, yeah. It's not like, a, it's not a dark yeah. bar kind of evil, okay. I don't think. It's just a general incompetence and, oh, especially because Crouch Sr., before he was put under Imperius Curse, was very serious about work. Ludo Bagman, not so serious about yes. work. yes. We also, though we didn't mention, and because it's the line that Ron says, I think this is one of the greatest chapter titles, The House Elf Liberation Front. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, what Ron said, why does he say well, that? I think they kind of figure out they're taking that, Hermione's taking them to the kitchens and he's like, what are you doing? Like trying to lead the House Elf Liberation Front or something? <laughs> yeah 
Poor Ron. That's, I know, I've said it before. One of my biggest beasts with the movie is they take away all his good lines. Especially as they get later and later. Poor Ron. I think you're funny, Ron. Don't worry. Okay. okay. What is not funny is Harry Potter, the Cursed Child, Act 3. Wow. Not all no. that funny. No. Okay, you okay. do the recap. Because... I do this terrible thing where I just read this instead of taking mm -hmm. notes while I read it, and then I'm trying to remember what the heck I should write down okay. afterwards. So we're in the future, alternate future, where Voldemort is sort of alive, or was alive, and... Voldemort Day future. Voldemort Day future, yes. And we have Scorpius, who now also is, has a very different life. He is the Scorpion King, so much beloved by all. And also, it's a good title. Well, yeah, his name lends itself. Um, has been the one who so cleverly reintroduced mudblood torture into Hogwarts, so everyone loves him for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have like dungeons where you can hear them torturing yeah, so students. Why, why are those students going there? Is my question. Well, I don't think they're going there. I think they that captured they're just, like, them. Yes, it's like part of school. Yeah, that's not nice. No. So, not a great future. <clears throat> but Scorpius like, trying to set it right. And he realizes Snape is alive in this future. And he must hold the key. So, he goes to Snape and convinces him that, like, he... There's another possibility because he knows from history about, like, what Snape did for Lily and for Dumbledore. And who else could have known that, like, known those feelings and so Snape believes him, and we also learn that Snape is, like, part of the rebellion, and so we get some nice Snape moments again, because he's all like, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't save Harry, so now I'm, you know, I've taken up Lily's cause, and I, I almost even believe it now. And we find Ron and Hermione, and they're part of this rebellion, Hermione's this wanted woman, but they're kind of losing the battle. We also learn that Cedric was so ashamed <laughs> himself in the Triwizarding Tournament that he becomes a Death Eater and he kills Neville in the Battle of Hogwarts and that what that's what changes the course of history because Neville obviously has to kill Nagini mm -hmm. and then what happens? So then we're going to go back and fix the past but it gets a little crazy because they go back and they just like block the spell so the first task is fine then they come back and there's dementors so Hermione and Ron like allow their souls to be sucked by the dementors so Snape and Scorpius can escape because they're like well if this if you change the future then this never happens so we see them their souls getting sucked away Snape and Scorpius go on Umbridge comes out and catches Snape and realizes he's a traitor and then so Snape gets his soul sucked out too <laughs> and then Scorpius goes back and blocks the second task and then all is better so Albus and Scorpius are back together and we have again nice moments because Snape and Scorpius like Snape knows that he dies but he's willing to do that and Scorpius gives up his status like because the world was so dark like they chose the better world even though it was worse for them uh -huh. Scorpius then is dumb and pretends to have lost the time turner. And then him and Albus are going to go destroy it. But not. 
because your prediction is true and Delphi shows up and is evil and steals the time turner then they go back to the third task which I predicted <laughs> and I, it gets a little weird because like she Delphi is trying to fulfill this other prophecy so we're getting prophecies back in the mix and they have to like Albus has to change this on his own free will but he's not willing to um how did they escaped from her somehow though how did that happen Cedric saves them Cedric saves them somehow I think now I'm forgetting but then they have to they like this would have been their chance to save Cedric but they realize they have to go let him die which is sad mm-hmm. um, so Delphi fails in her right. plan but then she like leaves them in some mysterious time that we're not sure about yet yeah so she takes the time returner and leaves them behind I don't think they're behind I think they try and go with her but end up somewhere else Oh, I didn't get well, that. I mean, it's kind of a cliffhanger. I'm not sure. That was kind of my impression. Okay. Well, they're definitely stranded yes, in some but way. Then we don't, I think we jump to, like, now the correct future with Harry and Draco and all of that. And they realize yes. that this woman, who is not um, Amos's relation, is part of some plot. And they, like, discover the secret room they parcel tongue themselves into it and she's Voldemort's daughter maybe <laughs> because and well that's what it says yeah but oh how because Scorpius realizes she's evil because she has that weird tattoo and that was the re in this in the Voldemort day reality like she the auguary yeah she was it was like they were important people somehow so she was trying to like make that come true that was not a very succinct wrap up that's but it was that's pretty much what i got out okay. of it okay i'm looking at the definition of an auguary okay <laughs> because i thought i had a vague notion of what it was i don't know but it says a sign of what will happen in the future an omen or the work of an augur, the interpretation of omens. I thought it was that, but I thought it was, like, specifically having to do with, like, interpreting it through water or something. Oh. But that doesn't seem to be part of it. Okay. But basically, someone who interprets the future. Yeah, and we're not really sure where this prophecy came from. But. Yeah, where did this prophecy that she's trying to fulfill come from? That's unclear but it, presumably it had to come like in the quote correct time right and she interprets this prophecy as her way to get voldemort back well because it's something like the sun who some the sun who like the unseen sun or something which is supposed to be albus who isn't like seen by harry right. when time is changed or and the and when a spare is when an a spare is spared, right? <laughs> Cedric the spare is spared, yes. So my question, like, is there an alternate... I mean, it seems like a 
fake prophecy to me. But is there an alternate meaning for it than what she's interpreting? Because that's something we've sort of seen before. If we're rehashing some of these old themes. Yeah, I definitely think that's a possibility. Okay, but she... I'm under the impression that Delphi exists in, like, the precursed child reality. So Voldemort has a daughter no matter what reality we're in, right? Yes, I believe so. And who did they... I thought there was an indication of who the mother was. There was? Maybe I'm just... Maybe not. Well, because I had no idea. And I'm like, I'm going to be really impressed if there could be something that we pull out of the books that actually hints at Voldemort having a daughter. Or him having some sort of romantic liaison. Well... I think it makes sense in the way that if Voldemort is obsessed with kind of preserving himself, I mean, this is the traditional way to do that is to have a child. (laughs) That's a very good point, actually. Yeah. So if it's a love affair, if it was like a calculated thing, but then the age, like she's not that old. So when would that have happened? Well, I get the impression that she's in her 20s. I don't think it's real clear, but... Well, that... Because what, Harry... The... Voldemort was defeated like 20 years ago in this time frame, right? Yeah, I guess in order for her to be, like, conceived before his fall with Harry, she would have to be at least as old as Harry is now. Mm-hmm. Which I which I think is theoretically possible because I don't think they nailed... I don't know. I just had the impression that she was like a young nurse. So I had the impression that she was younger than Harry. But I don't know if that's actually true. No, I think that's how it comes across. But then again, our timeline is a little bit murky. Well, and because then okay, we, get, and- we got that snippet about her history before, too, right? She was this closeted, raised by this weird woman. She had, quote, health issues. Yes. I'm not sure if that's a true story or not. Probably at least somewhat true. Yeah. But now she's, like, trying to fulfill this destiny. Okay. And so now we have Voldemort's daughter... And before we had these rumors that Scorpius is the son of Voldemort. And so my, I don't know if I'm going to articulate this very well, but my question is, does this have a resonance in a just like, oh, you thought that I was the kid of Voldemort, actually this lady is, or is it more like, is it like plot related? Do you see it? I don't know how, I don't know how to describe this, but is it like, Actually, there is some weird connection to Voldemort and Scorpius, or there was, and there's some time-changing nonsense. Do you know what I mean? I I think of it as more that, like, there is base to the rumors. That he has a child. 
and that that rumor is just yeah. misdirected. Okay, that would be a lot cleaner. <laughs> yes. You know, and maybe like there are other things that that make the the confusion more like understandable. Details that yeah. we don't know yet. I wonder if there's going to be more information about what is her name? Nurse No. What is her oh, Astoria? Yeah. Was that yeah. Scorpius's mother. I wonder if there's going to be more information about Astoria. I think that's very likely. Yeah. Maybe she was the nurse. Okay. Mother. I don't know. This is kind of making my head hurt. I did think it was really interesting back in Voldemort Day mm-hmm. future. Because Draco is... Not Draco. Uh, Scorpius is going around trying to figure out what is going on. And losing the favor and of, he has this com- you know, his teachers and things yes because they're concerned about him you are not nearly as into torturing <laughs> mudbloods as you used to be scorpius yeah. <laughs> um but he has this interesting interaction mm-hmm. with his father mm-hmm. with draco where he's like questioning like well what if there could it could be different and blah 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 and draco is obviously like a bad dude participating in he's bad the, dude stuff he has harry's job Yes, yeah. Oh, that's right. He does have Harry's job. Head of magical law enforcement. But Draco is also strangely understanding. Yes. And it, there's allusions to his mother in it, too. Like, how the mother, like, brought out these other things in Draco, and now Scorpius is being like her kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So... And and what does he say to him? Something like, if you're going to do it, like, don't get caught. Or, I don't know, something to that. Like, go ahead. Just, like, I don't know. Yes. He's not. It's It was a very surprising scene that I liked it. Yes, well. And that, like, even in Ultimate Evil Future, Draco has a softness that we don't expect. Yes, throughout, we're liking adult Draco. Yes, Adult Draco is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and, and I, di- I also like... Sorry, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and we get a little redemption. You were complaining last time about Ginny, Ginny, um, like letting Harry be crazy. But she pulls mm-hmm. it back a little bit in this one. I forget what he does, but it, she's kind of like... There's only so well, many Albus times is... I can forgive you kind of thing. Because Albus is now gone again. And they had had a conversation. Oh. Albus and Harry had a conversation. Which I don't think went terribly poorly. No, he didn't drive but, him away this time. <laughs> but that's what she assumes, right? Yeah. Is that, that now he's run away again, Harry. What did you say to him? Yes. But Oh, I did like Voldemort Day's Snape, too. I liked seeing Snape again. Yes, and like I said, I mean... We get some of those, like, that feels consistent with who we know him to be. And he gets to mm-hmm. kind of be the hero again, who also dies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's never going to work out well for Snape, no matter what future we have okay. him in. But, again, a very selfless act. Yeah. Oh. And Ron and Hermione are, they're not married 
but they're still friends in in this Voldemort oh yes future yes and Scorpius tells them that they're married and then they get like weird and awkward <laughs> and <laughs> but okay so what did you think in general of this act hi <sighs> That's a big sigh. I don't know. I, I don't think I hated it as much as I hated the prior one. Um, it depends. I think, I mean, it, it depends how it, these new facts get played out. <laughs> yeah. I, I found it at least engaging. Right. I was flipping the pages. I wanted to know what was happening. Yeah. And I thought I found more scenes that I liked in this one. And I think I kind of liked following Scorpius rather than Albus. Because Albus is a drag. Well, a little bit, yeah. Scorpius is, is more fun. Okay. Well, we'll have to see. I know. So we all, so next time we'll be the last act. We'll have to have some discussions about what we think about it in general. Okay, and I just saw that she's releasing like three short story ebooks or something soon. What? About what? I don't I didn't click. I just saw. Well, it might not even be true then. Okay. Fine. I'll <laughs> Google it. Okay. Three new collections of short stories that will take readers deeper into the dark side of the Harry Potter wizarding oh. world. Starting September 6th. Um, digital ebooks, approximately 10,000 words long, released on Pottermore. So just like articles. I don't know. I think they're stories, not articles. Okay. But so we're going to maybe get some dark wizard perspective? I guess. Oh, okay. We'll revolve around um, several prominent characters, including Horace Slughorn, Minerva McGonagall, and Dolores Ugh. Umbridge. Ugh. Okay. Interesting. I want to read McGonagall. Well, we haven't. Um, the information that's already on Pottermore about McGonagall is fascinating and yeah, we I haven't know, done it yet. Because you get a lot of backstory that you never really get in the books. Well, it sounds like they'll be out this year, so we'll maybe we'll read that when we read McGonagall's story. Okay. So, yes. I don't know. But apparently, J.K. Rowling was like, I really miss writing Harry Potter. <laughs> Which is good, because we miss it, too. Yeah. Well, I don't, yeah, but you seem to not like the book, the play well, so far. It's... It's just... A lot to get used to. <laughs> I would really, I mean, I don't know where it's where it's going to end up yet, and that I think we'll have, I could have really negative feelings or feel pretty good about it, but I would really like to see it as a as a play. Yes, and I think, I mean, that's part of why it's weird is because it's it has to have all this drama for the stage. Yeah, plays are a very different animal when it comes to story structure and, like, what they do well and... And I think it misuses that at times, but 
you know, I'm still interested. Okay, do you think it's going to have an ending that you're going to be pleased with? What is an ending you'd be pleased with? I don't know. I really don't. I mean, it has to have, like, solid resolution. That makes sense. Well, I think with time turning all makes sense as I've been thrown out the window. I think my hope for, like, her to pull out an amazing messing with time story that doesn't leave me always thinking about well but what if but this doesn't make sense but why no that did not happen i don't think that's happening yeah and then you right because when we get time turners in the third book you know hermione makes it clear when they go back like we haven't gone back like this is then you know so all mm-hmm. those things happen concurrently so then we've yeah. added like two layers to the story that we knew so if that's still true, then that was happening then? I don't... See, this is why time messing around is a bad idea in well, stories. Well, we also... I mean, you get that in the story, too. Like, you, it has all these consequences that no one knows. So, I mean, it kind of comes out. I, I Yes. And, like, they, yeah, they attempt to deal with it by talking about these consequences... But if you are an invested reader, you're always thinking, well, shouldn't it actually have all of these other consequences too? Right. What you know what, what I gets mean? Touched and what doesn't? Yeah. So I mean, right now, I'm interested in like the whole Voldemort offspring thing. <laughs> so I'm kind of just, I'm just dealing with the time nonsense, and I am at least I'm still interested in following the plot where it's going. Okay. I'm nervous about its re- resolution, but we'll see. Okay. I don't think Harry's going to be redeemed. I mean, I think they're going to try to redeem him, but I don't think I'm going to feel good about Harry no, at the end. No, they went too far there. Yeah. But but I was never, like, in fandom, I know people, like I talked about before, like, they love writing Drago fan fiction, and there's obviously some sort of affection there that I never really felt before. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I understand it now yeah. in reading Draco in, in this. I really mm-hmm. like him. Okay, well, join us next time where we decide this is either, I don't know. We'll probably feel somewhere in the middle about it, but we'll see. Hopefully we won't be horrified. (laughs) One can only hope. Well, I mean, to be fair, like, it's a hard thing to do to return to something as beloved and people find, people are going to hate things no matter what you do. Yes. The safe thing is to do nothing. And she didn't do the safe yes. thing. We'll decide if we're one of the people who, one of the rabid, angry people <laughs> or not. <laughs> Next episode. But in addition to that, uh, we will continue with the Goblet of Fire. That will be chapters 22, 23, and 24, which are the Unexpected Task, the Yule Ball, and Rita Skeeter's Scoop. Ugh. Ugh. Can we just skip that right. chapter? I don't want Haggard to be sad. <laughs> so join us next time for that. And in the meantime, you could rate and review us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at, at Weird Sisters Pod. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.